The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 to 11. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He preached, One more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. I am well pleased with you. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. There are some days that stick out in our minds, days that we love to look back on and remember. For instance, if you're married, hopefully, if your wedding day falls into that category, the day you like to look back on and remember, and not just because maybe the cake was perfect and the flowers were beautiful and everybody remained relatively sober at your reception, but also because you can see all the blessings that have come into your life since that day through the spouse that God blessed you with. So the day itself was wonderful and your life has kept getting better because of how God blessed you on that day. Uh, the birthday of a child, I'm sure, is the same way. Of course, you look back on the day of the actual birth and you love to remember it, but you can also see how that child has been a blessing to your life every day since. Now, not every blessed day is like that, right? There are other days that we like to look back on and remember, but we understand the blessing of that day was kind of limited to the day itself. It was here and then it was gone. Like I had a good time with my friends at the water park, but after it was over, it was over. My coworkers honored me with an award, and that was great, but after the day was over, pretty much everybody forgot about it. It's gone. The very best days, the days we love to remember the most, are the ones where we were blessed on that day, but then the blessing stretched forward through the rest of our lives. And then there are other days that we'd like to remember, but the memory has sort of started to just fade from our brains. Has that ever happened to you before? You think something like, oh, that sure was a great day when Grandpa took me to, where did he take me again? Of course, that happens more and more as you get older, but it starts even before you start getting mail from AARP. You start to think, I know those were good days. I know they were blessed, but what exactly was, but the lines just kind of start to blur in your mind. Now, consider another life that hopefully you know very well. Consider the life of your Savior Jesus. What would you say were the most memorable days of the years that Jesus spent walking on this earth? The days we like to remember the most. I think a lot of Jesus' followers would start with the very first day that Jesus spent outside the womb of his mother, the Virgin Mary, Christmas Day. That was pretty memorable, wasn't it? Cattle lowing, shepherds running, Angels singing, the Son of God lying in a manger. 
And we know that day was memorable because we still celebrate it every year. And most Christians pull out all the stops as they remember the day of Jesus' birth. What about the day of Jesus' miracles? Now those days when Jesus proved his power as the Son of God and his love for his people at the same time. The day Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding banquet, that was pretty memorable, right? The day he gave relief to a man who was demon-possessed by driving the legion out of him and into a herd of pigs that then went bounding off of a cliff, that's a pretty memorable day. Walking on water, raising the dead. These days are memorable for Christians because the Holy Spirit inspired the gospel writers to put them down in words, to impress them onto the minds and the hearts of Jesus' people through, through all generations. And then, of course, I think at the top of our list, memorable days in Jesus' life would be the closing days of his saving mission. Jesus riding triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, standing in the temple courts on Tuesday and teaching about the kingdom of heaven, passing his own body and blood down to every generation of his church on Monday, Thursday, suffering and dying to remove our sins from us on Good Friday, his conquest of death on Easter morning. These days are so memorable for Christians that most churches celebrate them with their own special worship services during Holy Week. But now, what about the day Jesus was baptized? How memorable is that for most Christians? Where does it rank in our hearts and in our minds as Jesus' people? Let me ask you a question. Don't answer out loud. Were you even aware as you traveled to church this morning? Did it even cross your mind that, oh yeah, this is the first Sunday after Epiphany. This is the day when much of the Christian church remembers and celebrates the day of Jesus' baptism in their worship. Now, if you didn't, think that. Maybe you could use as your excuse the fact that technically, technically, last Sunday was the first Sunday after Epiphany, but it was so close to Epiphany, so it's my fault. I moved around the calendar, and that's why you didn't think, but come on, whatever. If that's your excuse, I don't think anybody's going to believe you. Uh, why is the day of Jesus' baptism not always so memorable, valued by his people? One reason it's not is that it's unimportant. The day of Jesus' baptism is infinitely important. So maybe the reason is that we just don't understand the meaning, the impact of Jesus' baptism quite as well as we could. So the main goal of this sermon today is to elevate Jesus' baptism in your heart and in your mind by explaining the meaning and the impact of what happened on that day. The secondary mission of this message is to raise the day of your own baptism in the heart, in your heart, and in your mind. And the goal is to do it by showing you how the day of Jesus' baptism is not one of those days where there's a blessing, and then the blessing is over and gone. But the day of Jesus' baptism is one of those days that's blessed, and then the blessing stretches forward throughout your life. And... Your own baptism also fits into that exact same category because those are the best and most memorable days when not just the day itself is blessed, but the blessing stretches forward. And in this case, the blessings stretch forward forever. The story of Jesus' baptism comes already 
in the first half of the very first chapter of Mark's gospel. St. Mark does not like to sit around. St. Mark gets a move on in his gospel. It is a full-on sprint to Holy Week with pit stops to show Jesus' divine power and explain his saving mission. Already in verse 9 of Mark's gospel, he is shifting the focus from John the Baptist, Jesus' forerunner, to Jesus himself. Now, John the Baptist was already in heaven when Mark wrote his gospel, but it's safe to say that he would have approved of this very rapid pace and this shift from focusing on him to focusing on Jesus because John the Baptist believed that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that shift from John to Jesus happens at the story of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. But even though St. Mark would not approve of us slowing down, let's slow down for a minute. And before we talk any more about Jesus' baptism, let's think about your own. What happens when a sinner comes up to the font and is touched by some very ordinary-looking water and some very ordinary-sounding words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, are spoken. What happens is much more extraordinary than the ordinary appearance of it might have you believe. What happens is so amazing that it makes the day of your baptism worth remembering and actually makes it a day that it is wrong to forget. And to understand why fully, we first go back to the waters of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. The man who baptized Jesus, John the Baptist, he came with some very serious messages. He came with the message of sin, the message that sinners need to repent of that sin and the message that the Lamb of God had come to take that sin away. So that when sinners do repent, when they turn to God for forgiveness, that forgiveness is available. It is there for them. And the word that is used for sin in this section of Mark's Gospel, it's a word picture for an archer shooting at a target and missing. He whiffs. Now in that picture, God's commandments, His holy standard, that's the bullseye of the target. And we are the archers. So this word picture is calling us, the archers, to contemplate all of the misses, all of the times we have aimed for the perfect standard of God's commandments and missed. It also calls us to think about all the times we should have taken a shot, but instead we didn't move. We just left the arrow in the quiver. I remember archery in high school PE. Absolute, unmitigated, total disaster. There were people wandering in front of the targets while other people were shooting at the targets. Bunch of city kids who never held a bow before, and now they're trying to shoot arrows. They go, boom, and the arrow just, boom, it doesn't even, two-thirds of the way to the target, and it's sticking in the ground. And I remember the teacher, Coach Heckendorf, very good man, but he just stood behind this whole fiasco, just washing his hands of it. His head was down in his hands. He didn't even try, except for occasionally he'd shout something like, watch out you don't get killed, you know, to the people who are wandering. He understood he was just one man trying to beat back the tide of this dangerously, recklessly terrible archery. There really wasn't anything he could do to stop it. God, on the other hand, is not powerless to stop bad archery. 
he has a response to it. He has an answer to it, which is death. That's the wages of sin, of missing the mark. It's physical death, it's spiritual death, it's death for this life, and it is eternal death in hell. And that is serious, and that is why God, who is love, sent John the Baptist with the message of repentance for the forgiveness of those sins, calling sinners to turn to God for forgiveness, for pardon of every damnable miss of the mark. That's why John the Baptist came. That is also why Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Now, in another gospel, we hear that John the Baptist respectfully objected to the idea of Jesus being baptized, but Jesus said, in his words, that it was necessary to fulfill all righteousness. Baptism is God's will for all people, and Jesus was baptized because he came to hit every bullseye dead center for us. Baptism was part of the absolutely holy life that Jesus lived in our place. It's a holy life we can't live because we're conceived in sin and we continue missing the mark every day. But Jesus could and he did live that perfectly righteous life because he was born as the Holy Son of God. And that is the truth that God the Father himself announced from above the waters of Jesus' baptism. You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus hit the mark on the day of his baptism. He hit the mark perfectly all the way through his life, and he did it for you and me, and God the Father wants you to know that. God the Father is so eager for you to know that that on the day of Jesus' baptism, he tore open the heavens to announce it to you and to announce it to the whole world that Jesus is his Holy Son, your perfect substitute. The Holy Spirit was also there when Jesus was baptized to anoint Jesus with power. And it was power that Jesus was going to need because he is the Son of God, but he was also in a humbled state, a human being like you and me. And Jesus took the power of the Holy Spirit that he received in baptism. He took it with him in the very next story in Mark's Gospel. He took that power with him out to the wilderness and he used it to shoot arrows straight into Satan's heart, overcoming every single one of Satan's temptations. Bullseye every time, perfectly for you and me. Jesus took that power from his baptism and he used it all the way through the closing days of his saving mission in this world. It was power for him to ride confidently into Jerusalem, even though the horror of the cross was standing right in front of him. It was power to endure the anguish of the garden, his passion, his suffering and death to pay for our sins, and it was power to rise from the dead on Easter so that we will rise too. Jesus used the power the Spirit gave him in baptism to live that holy life for us, to die for our sins, and to rise from the dead, a resurrection that we now share in. So, is Jesus' baptism a day worth remembering and celebrating? Well, it is a foundational day in the story of your salvation, because not only was that baptism itself a righteous act, but it was a righteous act that fueled everything Jesus did, to live a holy life for you, to die for you on the cross, 
and to give you the promise of your own resurrection. So please, wherever the day of Jesus' baptism currently rests in your heart and in your mind, why not take it and slide it on up a few spots? And now, what about the day of your own baptism? How can it possibly be true what you heard about it before? How can it possibly be true that a little ordinary water touching someone, some very ordinary sounding words being spoken, how could that actually wash your sins away and write the name of the triune God on you? Well, the Holy Spirit teaches you how in the verses you heard earlier from Paul's letter to the Romans. It is because baptism is not a symbol. Baptism is not just a human declaration of devotion. Baptism is a work. It accomplishes something. Now, is it work for a new mom and dad to look at their little bundle of joy and say, yeah, she's cute, she looks innocent enough, but I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, she got, sinner for, she got sin from us, we need to go get her cleaned up. Does that work? Is it work for an adult who converts to Christianity to drive to a church and get baptized? Is it work for an usher to put, and remember, room temperature water in the font before a person is baptized? Is it work for the pastor to apply the water and say the words and fill out a lovely certificate? I mean, a little bit. There's a negligible amount of human work in baptism, but the real work is divine. The real labor in baptism belongs to God. Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by this baptism into his death. The divine work of baptism is God giving faith, either creating it or strengthening faith in Jesus. And through that faith, everything Jesus did to save the whole world becomes yours. That perfect life that hit every bullseye the death to pay for your sins, Jesus' Easter resurrection it is because of God's miracle work in baptism of putting faith in a heart. Faith makes everything Jesus did for all your own. Jesus' baptism is a day worth remembering because the blessings he received and you received on that day stretch forward. The day of your baptism is worth remembering because the blessings you received stretch forward, and those are the very best days of all. So, wherever the day of your own baptism currently rests in your heart and in your mind, why not take that one and slide it up a few notches too, because on that day, you got blessings, and not just for that day, but blessings that stretch forward through all eternity. And here is another reason to remember the day of your baptism. That was the day when the triune God wrote his name on you. You are God's child. You are a fully forgiven, restored member of God's household. And you need to remember that. See, when Satan tempted our Savior in the wilderness, he pulled this trick that Satan loves to pull. He started a sentence with the word, if. If you are the Son of God, trying to plant doubt in Jesus' heart. And Satan still loves to pull that trick all the time on Jesus' followers. If you really are God's child, how could you doubt it sometimes? 
If you really are God's child, how could you think that horrible thing that you just thought? If you really are a child of God, how could you just miss the mark on that thing for like the 10 millionth time? Jesus shot down that if, that attempt at doubt that Jesus took, because, that Satan took, because he had heard his father say on the day of his baptism, you are my son whom I love. I am well pleased with you. God spoke when you were baptized, and he said, you are his child. Remember that when Satan tries to pull one of his ifs on you. God has spoken, you are his child, and there is no if about it. One last reason to remember the day of your baptism. Jesus used the power of his baptism to hit bullseyes and to pierce the devil's heart. And your baptism is God's power for you to do exactly the same thing. To hit bullseyes and to take Satan's temptations down. See, in those verses from Romans, Paul not only explained that baptism connects you to Jesus' death and resurrection, he said your baptism has an impact, a visible impact on the way you live your life. So that, just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too would also walk in a new life. On Easter, Jesus walked out of his grave to a new life. In baptism, you were raised out of the grave of sin to walk behind your Savior, to walk in his footsteps. Just like your Savior, to aim for perfection, fire confidently, and hit bullseyes. Cherish Jesus' baptism for all it did, for him and for you. Cherish your own for all it did, still does for you. Amen.